You are listening to the Gay Florida Man podcast. This podcast is hosted by retired corrections officer, Mark DeWolf, who will discuss various topics prevalent to corrections, gay culture, arts and entertainment, as well as current events. Listeners need to be advised that this podcast will discuss situations involving extreme violence, substance abuse, sexual assault, and murder. Details of actual events have been modified so as to protect the privacy of involved parties. Welcome back to the Gay Florida Man. This is episode nine, and we're going to be talking about working in hell, but making it fun. Now, joining me today is a very close friend and former officer, Officer J.D. We worked together at the state prison from 2005 to 2013 in Star 3 and Olympus, and J.D. has stories from all over the place. J.D., how are you? I'm good. How are you, Mark? I'm great. I'm so glad that you're actually on the Gay Florida Man podcast. We've got a lot of stories together, both inside and outside the prison. Boy, do we ever. <laughs> I, like, I like the way you responded to that. Do we ever. So well, let's jump right in. As we talk about, you know, everybody always has this perception that working inside the prison is just what a horrible job. Why would anybody work there? You don't seem like the personality type to actually work in such a shitty place. And they've seen movies and they've seen television. They've seen cops. They've seen jail. Why would you ever want to work in a prison? I don't know about you, JD, on how you ended up in the job. But for me, I would have never thought that I was, I thought I was maybe going to end up in prison at some point, but not working there. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I don't know how I really ended up there. It was just kind of like chance that I wanted to get away from the politics of the small police department that I worked for and was told about the prison and, you know, a much bigger staff and that you could probably fit in better my personality type. How did you end up working there? It was the benefits. My mom worked out there and I kind of just followed in her footsteps and went after the benefits. Makes total sense. Makes total yeah. sense. I had two little ones and it worked out great. That's awesome. And your kids are wonderful. They're great <laughs> young men now, actually. Yeah, they are. But they just adore you still. People and their perception of like the prison and how horrible it is and you have to deal with inmates and the inmates are trying to constantly kill you and you got to watch your back and what a terrible job. What a terrible life. What a terrible career. And it's really not that bad. No, I, I, I think that there's a lot of downtime and if anything, it is boring for the most part, generally inmates are not that bad. And, no. and I know that correctional officers, you know, hearing this, the real hardcore people that worked only in maximum security are like, what the fuck is he talking about? Those people are all fucking terrible people. They're scumbags. I, I never saw it like that. Uh, and, and our job as correctional officers is to manage them. It's not to judge them and it's not to punish them. And people need to understand that. But, yeah, people um, get confused by the fact that it's a job to punish and it's just not. No, right, exactly. And so you're there just to keep them out of trouble and they're they're serving their time for whatever they did as officers you become kind of bonded with the people that you work with sometimes some people you fucking hate more than the the inmates but uh <laughs> <laughs> you laugh because there's a lot of stories we can't share uh, some of them end up inmates so <laughs> there's that it, it, that's a whole nother topic and uh 
Officer Johnny and I talked about that. Uh, if yeah. you go back a few of our episodes, you can t we talk about dirty cops, That's and there'll be another one. another episode coming up about that. Just because you can't get it all covered in one episode, which is sad, but you know it happens. So you and I were working one night, and we're in uh, the Women's Max. We're in Star Three. Are you? I think you may have been working at a different building. It's always kind of tradition where you bring in food to cook. And I had stopped by the grocery store, and there was this delicious snapper. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> so I bring it in, and I open it up. I'm like, God, it, you know, it smells a little off. A and little. I, but I didn't know if that was just like the building I work in because it's women or if it's actually the fish in the package. I didn't know. <laughs> and being a gay man, I really don't, you know, I can't be specific as to where the smell is coming from. Anyways, tried to cook <laughs> it and putting it on the skillet inside the control room and that fucking smell got way worse. I think I may have tried to bite into it, JD, and oh. I, <laughs> garlic and butter, it didn't help. It was really bad and we ended up throwing it away but before i did I, I i got some of the clean women's underwear out of uh out of the laundry and i took a pair of underwear and i i rubbed the fish in the crotch of the underwear and you were there when i invited over uh, uh another sergeant from another unit that we hung out with constantly just about right. every night and uh, he came over and i threw it on his shoulder i'm like you know, I just picked these out of laundry and I don't know who they are, but I think she's really got a problem. And I threw it on his shoulder and he flipped the fuck out, didn't he? Yes, he did. It was so funny. It was <laughs> like nerve wracking, but it was so funny. And I, I mean, it was horrible. That stuff was rotten. <laughs> that was bad fish. I, when you came to the control room instantly, you could like, because the way the control room was designed, you could see the front door and you pop the front door when somebody, you know, comes to it and hits the buzzer <sighs> and you pop them in and they come in and you can see their face like, just they were repulsed by the smell as soon as they came in yeah but, you open that door and walk through and it hit you in the face yeah you're like oh my god this is definitely the women's unit <laughs> and so he came with the control but i threw it on him but that's the kind of like camaraderie and you're laughing and you're joking and and you do the stuff like that at least you did back then i don't know what it's like now but that's just kind of one example of like how we would tease each other and play around with it it was over the top but it was just a different time period don't you think yeah, it was. It, it was a good time, actually. Some of the best. Yeah, there was downtimes between counts where you and this other sergeant and I, we would go in, in the courtyard. We would talk for, you know, the whole time between counts and go back in and do our count and then come back out. And then, you know, we'd have to call and get you woken up by the person that you worked with and you'd come out and you're so froggy. <laughs> what? What did I, did I say something wrong? And I would sit there and I would personate you. And, you know, my impersonation was a little bit sleep, a little bit drunk. But you would you come are out. like, what? No. It, well, it, the thing is, is you would come out and you were struggling, but you were raising two kids. I uh, joke. I mean, we all have certain nights where you come in, you didn't sleep well that day, and you come into work. But I would relentlessly, when you would get tired, J.D., I would be relentless in making fun of the fact that you were struggling. It was no, I like, I could not hide the fact that I was struggling so hard. And you, yeah, you still to this day just have never it made let up. Me, <laughs> it made me feel so bad to go over into the unit and have to wake you up during your shift at the safe prison. It, it hurt me so bad. <laughs> to this up. day, I struggle, I struggle to this day. It so, was, <laughs> we so had what? This, 
we're moving on that fast. No, and we're moving. We're moving on before you can make fun of me. That's oh, what no. it boils down to. I I got here on my list. I got this thing called laundry cart choo choo. Oh my gosh, best memory ever. <laughs> Definitely yes. something I don't think that you or I will ever forget, as well as a full section of inmates who watched from their doors laughing hysterically as our other sergeant friend and you and I are in the section. And you have to imagine these, they're doing laundry for 4,000 inmates in this particular complex at the Utah State Prison. So you have these massive laundry carts that are on wheels and they're big, gigantic tubs. We were taking turns, I think, right, J.D.? Yeah, we were. We're getting inside the tub and there was a little stool from one of the cells inside the tub and we were pushing each other around and we were doing like a choo-choo around the section there on the bottom here. <laughs> and the inmates loved it. They had a blast. Yeah, they did. They really had fun. We, we made it fun for them too. You know, there was good times. There was those times where, you know, things go shitty real fast, but you had downtime where you could actually laugh and you would laugh with the inmates. You know, yeah. they were not the enemy. They were not the enemy. That's you just true. had to manage them properly. Yeah, they were they were good. You can go months without an incident. And then and you can have fun times like that we're talking about with this choo-choo in the laundry cart, but you can go months without an incident and you can have fun, but when shit got real, we handled it. We put on kind of the game face and we handled situations where we had to. But in the downtime, which there was a lot of downtime, we had fun. It was a family. You know, we did have fun. Speaking of handling it, it brings to mind one night there was a sergeant in another unit and we'll refer to her as Sergeant Mama. You're she was actually, Yeah, she was my field training officer. She, mm -hmm. She's the one who introduced us. <laughs> I, I will not ever forget that time that you came over the first time and i'm like oh i'm making a movie and here i actually have a clip for it uh do you want to watch it the the first time that we ever met in uh, in star three right it was it was in yep. star three I, I laughed so hard and i i just thought that well this is this is the other goofball that i'm supposed to know the rest of my life <laughs> I, lo I love this guy i love this gay florida man yep this is my other one so let's do this <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, so um, she, so Sergeant Mama was training another officer this night, this inmate, we were called over to star three, which was Max, female Max at the time. She, we pulled out this inmate. I'm going to refer to her as inmate cupcake. Um, uh, I know who you're talking about. She was a treat. She sure was. <laughs> so anyway. We pulled her out and what we did was brought her up into the conference room to strip her out. And the conference room was in the front of the building and it was just the best place to bring them to segregate the inmates to strip them out. It was the only place that you could really get privacy because inside the sections, there was no, I mean, you could strip them out inside their cell, but it, it's like a, an angle. And so you could still see half, half the, the tier could still look into that cell from an angle and see you stripping them out. Definitely that conference room was the best way to handle it. And, you know, when especially when you're trying to separate two inmates or, or whatever the situation might be. Yep. We pulled her up to the front conference room and Sergeant Mama, you know, she made the call and said to this officer, you need to watch her while she strips her out. 
you know, this officer was uncomfortable with it because he was a male and we were stripping out a female. That wasn't something that we did normally when there was an exigent circumstance. That's, yep. Yep. that's what happened. So Sergeant Mama said, you watch her. And she went off into the other section to take care of what was happening there. The other half of the problem. Now, Cupcake also, J.D., she had a history of getting froggy really fast. She was very mentally ill and oh. very uh, unpredictable. I know, talking about this person, you've got to watch her. Yeah, she was she was mm -hmm. a danger, more dangerous one of the inmates. So, Oh, yeah. Just a little background on her. I think that, correct me if I'm wrong, but she had sexually assaulted her son's friend and had bribed him with a video game, correct? That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty, sick. Yeah. Yep. Very, yeah. very, very mentally ill. Unless it was Sega Genesis. Then, I don't know. Go ahead and diddle me. Fuck it. Anyway. Oh, dear. No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So, uh, uh, inmate Cupcake, um, I pulled off her shackles and she became froggy. It was just me and her at this point because this other officer that we were training, Sergeant Mama was training he got nervous and closed the door. And so now it's just me and her. That's I, not good. No, it wasn't a good situation. So I key my mic, call for Sergeant Mama. And before I can even let her know what's going on, the door flies open to the conference room. Sergeant Mama shoots across the room like a cannon and bends this inmate cupcake over, pulls her nightgown from behind her back <laughs> and has her stripped out. If you can imagine with her handcuffs in front of her and the nightgown in front of her, like hanging off the front of her handcuffs, she just ripped it right off the front of her. I'm sure mama did not play games. She could laugh and joke, but when she got intense into the moment, there was a situation. She went zero to 60. She handled shit so fast. Oh boy, did she ever. She moved. Did, she really moved. She, yeah, she didn't let them she didn't let those inmates get away with anything. No way. So no fucking she, way. I know she was, exactly. <laughs> she's great. Oh man. I miss her. I really miss her. She's a good her, friend. Her and her husband and her son all worked at the prison. Yeah. Very successful careers for all of them. They've done great. <laughs> that's awesome and i i wonder what happened to cupcake i don't you know i i don't know because it's been five years have you heard any updates to did she finally get out of prison is she still alive i don't know i don't know i maybe they're still fighting her for the pens that she always wanted to have oh god yeah right yeah she, <laughs> she would she would act out and and do things with the pens and kind of like a magician she made them disappear Mm -hmm. <laughs> in places that were just like would make you blink your eyes in disbelief like the snapper like the snapper exactly like the snapper but, like i was saying earlier you you know things escalate really fast and you handle them and you might have like a full moon where you have multiple uh, incidents go off in a particular night and you walk away at the end of the shift and you got everything handled. You got everything settled. Day shift comes on. You say, hey, this is what happened last night. This person got moved. This person got moved. This happened. But at the end of the day, you walk out of there. You do a high five. You go home and you did an awesome job. Yeah. You're like, I did that. And then you think about it. And you're like, I did that with this person, this person, and this person. We did that. It was fun. It was really yeah. different time. We're not talking about the serious, intense times. We're talking about having fun working in hell there's times where you joke with the inmates like with the choo-choo and then there's times like this incident over and you want a five 
I refer back to, and this would have been my first year, I was called down to a section, JD, and there was this inmate in Baker's section, you want a five. His roommate had these little bugs and they were scabies. They were uh, they were on this guy's like bedding and mattress, clothing, whatever. So they called us down like, hey, something's not good here. We got this scabies thing. And I didn't know what the hell to do about it. I went back and I called medical, which is pretty much what you always do with a medical situation. I called medical and they said they would deal with it later. It was not going to be a big deal. It wasn't going to be that contagious. They would be okay for a while until medical com- could come over and see them maybe then the next day. This other officer that I was working with and I, again, we get into trouble. <laughs> we went and we put on, they had back in the day when you had a fire, you had this thing called SCBA, self-contained breathing apparatus, a tank, a mask, the hoses, similar to scuba, but it's not underwater. And this is for situations where you have a fire and you have smoke, it fills up your building. You have to put on this SCBA and you have to go start pulling inmates out. You have to handle it. You can't just let them sit in there and die. We had this SCBA and then we put on our TVEC suits and the booties and the gloves. We completely sealed ourselves up in like this huge biohazard suit, both of us. And we went back to the section to go tell this guy what medical said. And we walk in the section and it's like something out of Hollywood. And the best way to try to present it would be if you remember that scene in E.T., when the government goes into the house to go get the alien and they've got those huge suits on, that's how we looked as we go into the section. Now, oh, when, we go, when we go in, I mean, that's a hell of a presentation. And all the inmates are like, what the fuck's this all about? And we go in and we stand at a distance from the cell where these two guys are. And one of them's got scabies. And we say, now, look, we talked to medical. You've got nothing to worry about. Everything's going to be just f- stay back. Stay back, please. You're totally fine. You have nothing to worry about. They're going to come and talk to you tomorrow. There's nothing to worry about. You're going to be. And of course, all these inmates are looking at me and they're looking at this this other officer. They're like, are you fucking out of your mind? Like, what's going on that you're not telling us? No, there's nothing to see here. We're fine. (laughs) We're going to be safe. Don't worry about it. And these guys are flipping out. We we leave the section. Of course, it's so hard not to laugh as these inmates are all freaking out. We go back, the whole section is freaking out. Later on, they came back and they realized that we we're playing a joke and they laughed, we laughed, good times, good times. Um, another story I wanna tell you real quick is practical jokes with the people that you work with. One of the people that I'm, I've been talking about uh, during this podcast is Captain Richards. And he was working in his office, which is in the main part of Wasatch where you have to bring urine collection when you do random drug tests on the inmates is the fridge where you do this is right by control one. And I was in there and I brought over some, some UA cups that I had collected samples and I went ahead and I I had this idea. So I put together a UA cup. That's not really urine. It's just warm water from the tap, but I seal it up and I put the labels on it and I write on it. And I, I put on gloves, like I'm handling urine And then I have paperwork and I go into his office and I act like I'm in a real hurry. He's sitting at his desk. He's got his back to me and I run in there like I'm looking for a pen. And I put on the lid of the UA cup uh, at an angle so it's not got a good seal. And I know that when I reach across him to reach over and grab one of his pens, which is really fucking rude, which is going to piss him off. Anyways, I reach across him. I tip the cup. I go across his legs. The urine, the fake urine spills out of the cup, goes across his leg, and instantaneously he feels that warmth, and he thinks, he's he's looking at this whole thing, and it happened so fast that I've just poured urine all over his lap. 
Oh gosh. And, <laughs> and he flips out and he's like, what in the fuck are you doing? It's one of those jokes. I probably could have done better if I held a straight face. JD, it's so hard when you do a joke like that to keep oh a straight gosh. face. But again, it's just, it's par for the course where it's like, the fuck is wrong with you, man? You're like, so good at it. That's the thing. You're so good at You sell every story. Like I still to this day, sometimes I'm like, what is he serious or not? Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know if, if you don't really pull off the practical joke and you really don't fool somebody it, I don't know. It's, I feel like it's a personal failure when I do a practical joke and I don't get somebody the same thing with scaring somebody. Yeah. If I don't get a really genuine scare, like if I don't see the fear in their face, I failed. And so the next time the stakes are higher. Look because, out. Yeah. It's really fun. So. Oh, man. You're a blast. <laughs> right. You know, I remember back in the early days, um, I started at the prison in 97, and I was with this officer. I'm going to refer to him as Martyr. We had some great times, and then the whole thing was so new to me. But him and I were basically like two overgrown children. You put us in a playground, like receiving an orientation inside the prison, and idle hands are the devil's workshop. You know, we're basically unsupervised between 10 at night until 6 o'clock in the morning because the supervisors had gone home. And we would just do all sorts of crazy shit to pass the time. And I, I have actually Polaroids from us dressing up as inmates and having like an impromptu photo shoot. <laughs> and we're like spraying each other with the OC and we've got wigs and we dress up like the inmates. They modify the clothing, the, the uniforms. And we did this impromptu photo shoot. And I'm going to actually post the pictures on the Instagram, Twitter and Facebook for Gay Florida Man. And you guys can take a look. But that's just to, to pass the time. Another time where I dressed up as an inmate, and I remember Lieutenant Rick was working, and the inmates had trashed the catwalk that runs behind the sections. This is a really old building. We didn't want to send the hall workers down there to clean up this mess with wet toilet paper and all this trash dumped into the, the uh, catwalk. So I went down there dressed up as an inmate. The lieutenant sat and watched. And I keep my head down because it was a long wig. The hair was real long. So it covers my face. And I walk down there with a broom. And I'm dressed up like a hall worker, like a trustee. And I start sweeping all the stuff back into the section. And if, if you use a trustee to do this, these inmates are going to want to beat his ass. So I went down there. And they don't know that this is an officer dressed up as an inmate. And I sweep all this shit back in, in front of the cell. And I remember the inmate... When I was sweeping all the shit in front of his cell, he goes, hey, man, don't fucking put that in front of my cell. And I said, man, I'm just doing what the fucking cops tell me to do, man. <laughs> and I remember the lieutenant was having the hardest time not laughing out loud. He's like, I can't believe this fucking guy's doing this. <laughs> and it was acting. It was acting. And it was really kind of fun to, to bring that into the job. And I said, like, man, I'm playing this part. I'm doing this. I'm getting the job done. And I'm getting paid. I'm on the clock at the Utah State Prison. How fucking cool is that? Right. It was fun. It was really fun. <laughs> Outside of prison, we actually had a really good time. And um, our friendship really kind of uh, cemented with a lot of the activities that we did outside mm -hmm. of the prison walls, out of the prison gate. Some of the best, actually. Right. And I remember we went to, uh, we went to Gay Pride in... Uh, in Salt Lake City. 
Yes, that was a great time. And I had uh, was friends with a promoter at one of the clubs down there in Salt Lake City. And he, for pride, had brought in a bunch of porn stars, a bunch of gay porn stars. You know, J.D., you helped me with the equipment. You and somebody else that worked at the prison. Right. Uh, the three of us went down and we partied and we got to party with uh, porn stars. And yeah, I'm, it was fun. <laughs> it was Brent Corrigan. And this guy that was contracted uh, with Vivid Video, I think, and is they're a married couple called the Jericks. And we did uh, a video interview that is posted on YouTube. And one of the Jericks, you can tell, I don't know if it's meth or what, but he's he's high as shit on something because he can't control his leg. <laughs> the, the guy's tweaking bad. And then the other one, Brent, Brent Corrigan. One thing I realized that we went through that whole experience that porn stars are, are like just they're like little people. They're, they're not yeah. very big. Yeah, they were tiny. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'll have to post those pictures again on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook for Gay Florida Man. I remember that the picture between the other officer that went with us, Ben, and you, the one porn star, Brent Corrigan, he put his arm around Ben, but not so much you, J.D., no, he was repulsed by me. He did not. He was like, this is, I don't know if it was because I was a girl. I don't know. But he <laughs> he was not having it. Uh-uh. <laughs> you got to look at the pictures. I'll post them on social media. It's crazy. It was so now, fun. Besides Gay Pride, we actually, we spent Christmas together. Lots of them. The one I'm thinking of, JD's always on my mind you know, regardless. And I remember sitting down in the pew there at Christmas time and they had these prayer cards. And I, I'm always thinking about JD and her struggles of raising <laughs> two boys. And so I put in, I put in the prayer card. I, I take care of my friends. And I remember putting down on the prayer card, please say a prayer for JD Kendrick. And here's her phone number and here's her address. She's having a really heavy flow this month. It was and Christmas Eve at a candlelight service. Let's I cannot set think. That. I cannot think of a better time than uh -huh. to look into the eyes of the baby Jesus and talk about my best friend's menstrual cycle, which was oh a heavy flow. I don't think JD ever let that get in the basket. No, I actually still have it. It was hilarious. And my dad, let's remind people, my dad was sitting on the other side of you. It's so awkward. And I love, I love seeing you squirm as I fill it out and I'm trying to like reach over to, to drop it in that box or collection basket. And you're like, oh, fuck no. no, no yeah, no, no, no. no, no. no. Mm -mm. So we actually spent yeah, several uh, Christmases. I almost made that mistake. I said Christmas, but I'm just thinking of that specific time. But lots of, Christmas is together as we bonded and, I, and we became very, very close. Yeah, we had a lot of traditions. It was great. With the good times and we made the best of working in the state prison, but there's also those sad times, JD. Yeah. You know, and unfortunately, one of the people that we worked with, um, I'm going to refer to him as Officer Kenny. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he struggled uh, ultimately uh, had a, a marriage issue and he, he took his own life and it's yeah. not a joking matter. I only bring it into this episode is because Ben and I had gone to the service mm -hmm. and it was a closed casket and we walk into the funeral home again, we're correctional officers, true and true correctional officers. Cause we walk in and I see the casket and I'm like, Oh my God, that's the same casket I bought for the next party. That's in my garage, like the same model. It's the silver with the chrome edges. 
Ben noticed the same thing, and we were both like, oh, that's crazy that our friend is in that casket. Got the same model at home. That's nuts. But it was tragic. It was sad. It's just weird how that works out. That it was, it was though. Like I was home, I was sick. That's why I wasn't there. But you guys came home and told me the story, and I remember just laughing so hard and like knowing that, like if Officer Kenny was to know what was going on, he would have been laughing so hard. <laughs> yeah, he, he was a uh, he. You know, I think it's appropriate, and I, it was your idea. You know who who killed Kenny because. Officer Kenny was uh-huh. a huge diehard fan of South Park. He watched oh. it constantly for the entire twelve-hour shift that he worked at the prison because he yeah. loved to he loved to work control and he loved to watch back to back. And what was the other? He it was uh, it was South Park and was it wrestling? Yes, wrestling. He loved, yeah, he wrestling. loved wrestling. Yeah, yeah, that's nuts. But you know, God bless him. Wonderful person came to uh, to my house for parties. Um, unfortunately. Uh, he, he did end up taking his own life. And correctional officers, they will deal with grief through dark humor. That is a uh, that's a very common theme for people that work in police or corrections, law enforcement. Yeah, sad. Bless him. You know, when we worked over at Olympus, we had a supervisor that that had a bum leg. I don't know if he was authentically a pirate, but he definitely <laughs> had that limp. He was a pirate. That's funny. Yeah, he, huh? <laughs> he did say that. He said, that's funny, huh? And and the sad thing is, is and I know you can relate to this, he would say something that was either mildly funny or not funny, but he would want you to tell him that it's funny. And so he would prompt you by saying, that's funny, huh? And then you'd be <laughs> like, well, you know, that was really good. Now you did a good job, LT. That's great. But Funnier he, last time. <laughs> he, right. He there just a character like so many of the other people that worked there he was a character he had ray-ban glasses prescription glasses but they were like biker glasses yeah i remember walking down the hallway and it kind of teased in this one area where you go towards the control room and there was this gigantic pile of trash outside of the control room there must have been like seven eight of those huge black garbage bags I look over and I think that he'd lost balance on his peg leg and he'd fallen into it. He was rolling around <laughs> on the garbage bags. And it's one of those things where it's like you look and you instantly think, do I help him affect his ego because clearly his pride is at stake? Or do I just keep walking and act like I didn't notice? I didn't want to insult him and his pride. So I just I kept on walking as he rolled around in that pile of garbage. Uh-huh, Did I you do the right thing? I think you helped him by not helping him, but I <laughs> I don't know. It definitely think, helped us. <laughs> I think you helped him by not helping him. <laughs> I like that. That's that's what I'm gonna roll with. That's what I'm gonna stick with. That's funny, oh gosh. Huh? That's funny, huh? <laughs> there was another supervisor that we had, and I'm gonna call him Captain Richards. It was about a gas problem that I had. You know, a little bit of uh, uh, lactose intolerance, we'll call it. (laughs) Right? Right. Lactose intolerance in a jar. Yeah. It was this little thing that was like, when you go to the gas station and they have all those gags on the counter that they try to upsell you like for another buck or whatever, it's this little jar 
And it seems like it comes back into popularity every 10 years. You take a couple of fingers and you squish it into this like <laughs> uh, flimmy putty stuff and it forces an air bubble and then it makes a noise like a fart and it's fart putty. Oh, it's and fantastic. It fits in your pocket and you could easily bring it into, say, the state prison and you laugh the whole shift because you make these fart noises and as you get tired as the night progresses, you laugh more. Well, when the supervisor comes over for a hostile inmate that has to be pulled out of a section, put on a bench, and is restrained, and this is, we're referring, I think, to the same person that you had to restrain and the sergeant had to come and help that story that you'd said earlier. I think it was the same person. Yeah, inmate cupcake. Yes. And so the supervisor's over there, and I think maybe she was claiming she's suicidal. So the, uh, the supervisor comes over, does an interview. And the sergeant's there because he's professional, but then starts making these farts. The supervisor, Captain Richards, is not thinking it's very funny. Not at all. The gay Florida man, when he was in the official role of sergeant, is sitting there and he's playing it off really well. Like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I, I, I had some yogurt. I'm lactose intolerant. I really apologize. And so you let it calm down and he continues to interview the inmate. I keep my fingers in my putty jar and I press it and I make another fart sound. He gives me another dirty ass look and he's like, at okay. The, that in the inmate is also giving you dirty looks at this point. Like what is going on? Why is he farting in front of me? This guy's disgusting. Uh-huh. <laughs> so th the supervisor's like, go in the control room, go in the control. Room. I'm sorry. It's done. I promise I won't do it again. So he goes back to the interview and <laughs> <laughs> you gotta push the envelope. You gotta try one more time. So I just want to sneak out a little fart. So it's maybe just your thumb. You squeeze <laughs> into the jar just for a little. And at that point, he turns and he's just fucking fuming pissed. And I'm like, yeah. okay, okay, I'm gonna go in the control room. I know at that point I'm, <laughs> I've really made a bad. I go in, and you were in the control room, right? No, I was out there with you. I was you went, standing next to you and so, went back with you. Okay, so once we're back in the control and we all start laughing, he continues with the interview, and then he comes in, and as soon as he comes in and clears that door frame, he's looking at me like, what in the fuck is wrong with you? Uh-huh. <laughs> and then I pull out the jar, and I show him, and he's like, god damn, man, why do you do this shit? And he can't help <laughs> but laugh. But again, it's one of those things where it's like, look, we're dealing in such a shitty environment. Let's have fun with it. Yep. <laughs> and that's what we did. Yeah, I don't think Captain Richards will ever forget me. I don't you know. How could you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he's he's memorable at the very least, that gay Florida man. Another time, I'd actually rented a car, a Fiat, and I drove it in, and the whole purpose was just to fuck with the same guy, the same captain. And I drove it in, and I normally drove a Lexus, and I told him I traded in the Lexus, and I got this Fiat. You had to be like a contortionist when you're six foot five just to get in it. Oh my gosh. So JD, you're you're tall. You understood Stan that it's it's tough to get in that little fucking thing. Yeah. Fold in and half. It, <laughs> and I remember Richards is like, he's dumbfounded that I've gotten this little car and I traded in my Lexus, like because you know, nothing against a fiat, but it's like trading in a really nice car to get a go-kart. It, it's a pretty, <laughs> it's a pretty <laughs> small car. And so I'm getting in and out of it and he's watching and he's like, what the fuck happened to DeWolf? Like he really traded in that car for this piece of shit. 
Like, I just remember his face every time you would pull one over on him, his face. Like, and that's exactly what it was. What the fuck happened to him? Or what is yeah. wrong with this guy? And like, I can't believe he would fall for it so much. I and, love scaring him. <laughs> I would hide all over the place. And this this guy was the jumpiest bastard you've ever met. It was so easy to scare him. And I love to scare all Seth. Some are easier than others. And I know at one point I had hid in a cell in Olympus in Charlie's section on the second tier. And this guy, a, a fairly new staff that was in his late 50s, early 60s, was walking along in the second tier. And I told the control room. It was an empty cell. I didn't go in with inmates. But I'm hiding in there. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. And he he's tired and he's walking along and he's shining the light in each cell. And when he gets to this particular cell I'm hiding in, I'm waiting and I told control when he shines the light in that window, pop the door and I'm going to come running out. <laughs> and so here he comes and he shines that light in click. And I come running out. Jamie, <laughs> that guy shit down both legs. I can't imagine. Yeah. <laughs> He he was as white as a ghost. He was scared shitless. And I could not stop laughing. Oh, I bet. Oh, so fun. So fun. Anyways, oh, the, the good times that you have. You got to make the best of it. And it's about working in a prison and making it fun. It can be done. We I did it for almost 20 years. There was a few years where the politics got the best of me. But, you know, you got to have fun. That's right. You know, staff eating the, the trays. You get a new staff. Again, <laughs> I love to I love to fuck with people. And one of the most popular trays. Did you ever eat the trays, JD? There was like two trays out of the whole time I worked there that I ate. And I'm pretty sure it's the one you're going to talk about. Okay. Well, this one's a meatball, meatball sub. Not so it. You get, <laughs> huh? That was not it. <laughs> oh, okay. Which one did you eat? taco the taco salad was tacos oh yeah that was good chicken yeah. right it, no i think it was beef but it was like was chips it? and stuff wasn't it i think there was one that i liked that it was a chicken you know sometimes they could for for feeding 4000 inmates sometimes that place did really well yeah, we on holidays too they did really good they did they did they really fed those guys well anyways the meatballs and the marinara sauce you get the hoagie roll and it was a very popular tray we would definitely order extras because we knew we were going to be eating a few of those. And so this new guy's in control room, Officer Andy and I were working. And this would have been Dog Block in Wasatch. <laughs> and so this new guy sits down and he's never eaten an inmate tray. Like this is his first time. And we didn't have a separate culinary for officers. Everything comes out of the same place, the kitchen. So if you get a stack of trays, a bunch go to the inmates and you randomly grab one. That's you're going to eat. And so this, this meatball sub tray, I had taken a brand new bandaid and I fished it around in the marinara sauce and I hit it. This officer <laughs> wasn't looking. So he starts eating it. And then I purposely scoop up this, this bandaid hidden in the marinara sauce. And I put it in my mouth and, I'm, and I act like I start choking. <laughs> and then I reach in my mouth and I pull it out like a uh, ticker tape with my fingertips and I pull it out <laughs> so we can immediately identify what it is. And JD, uh, I shit you not, the guy started screaming. Oh, and I it, bet. <laughs> it scared me because the guy was freaked out. He was eating his and I'm like, <coughs> and I pull it out and he's like, ah! Ah! 
<laughs> he, was, he was scared. And I remember Andy started laughing so hard, and I had to, I had to quickly tell the guy because he scared me so bad. It's a joke, man. It's a joke. I planted it in there. It's really not in there. Oh my gosh! He, he didn't last long. He didn't. He didn't stay a correctional officer very long. He didn't have the the sick sense of humor. So apparently, gosh. it was fun. It was fun. <laughs> um, any other stories? Any any other good times that you wanted to share? What about when we went to Joan Rivers? Uh, it's so amazing that we got to see a legend and she was a comedian. We saw her up at the university of Utah. And as I, as I look back, it's kind of a surreal moment. We had gone, we had gone to dinner. Um, what was the place that we went to the, the seafood place, right? Market street, market street. So it was just us and we had gone up there to Market Street and then we went to go see her. If you took time to laugh while she was doing her set, you would miss three jokes. That was facts. She yeah. was so funny and oh my gosh, she was so funny. JD and I, because we have the same demented sense of humor, there were some people with pretty extreme plastic surgery. They stood out like a sore thumb. I don't know if they were there for Joan Rivers, but I remember at one point you were doing like a selfie or a selfie of us just <laughs> to get pictures of these other people. And I do that too. I, I do it. Like if there's a character that I see out in public, I take a selfie, but I'm I'm aiming the camera towards them because I'm like, I, I got to take a picture of these people. They right. were crazy. They there were. Was, we, it was so weird. It was very LA. It was very yeah. Beverly Hills. They were the, out of place. What's that? That is it pu- a pillow face on Instagram? <laughs> that filter. That's what yeah. they looked like with the puffy lips and the puffy cheeks. Like they had filler and they had Botox. <laughs> that was oh. great. Do you remember when we walked people. out after the restaurant? We walked out to the car and that car was parked. Like I was on the line. It was my fault. But that car parked so close to us that I had to crawl in the passenger side so we could drive. Yeah, I do You're... remember that. <laughs> you, do you still have those pictures? Yeah, I do. They're on my Facebook. I'll pull them off for you. You know, I wonder if we could find those people with the extreme plastic surgery, because I'd love to share that photo. But I think that's where we're probably getting in trouble, because showing off these these beautiful uh, pillow face um, pit people. But the, the last story I've got for, for today that I want to share, I, do you want to share other stories or is anything that crosses your mind, J.D.? No, 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 I can't. Not any that I can think of specifically right now. Uh, this story makes me laugh so hard it was such a a great time there was this one particular captain i'm going to call him captain kirk okay for the purposes of this story but (laughs) he he was more like spock but i'm going to call him captain kirk (laughs) and and he's one of these guys that's just really into the job and you know nobody tells him no and he's a pretty arrogant dude he was in the control room and this would have been one of the star units and there was a Sergeant Melissa. They had just brought back over this inmate that was basically a mentally ill contortionist. <laughs> and a heavy set girl with a very strong feminine stink. And they had put her back in the <laughs> they had put her back into the section. Staff had said she shouldn't be here. She's gonna act out. 
she should stay the, in the infirmary. The infirmary didn't want to deal with her. So they released her. She comes back to the unit. She goes into her cell. They lock the door and she starts to act out. And she was taking her entire fist and putting it into her vagina. Oh my gosh. So it was kind of like the whole entire section smelled like the gay Florida man, Sergeant DeWolf was cooking snapper again. It oh really fucking stunk. It was gross. And she's in there fisting herself. She's acting out. And of course, people come and tell this captain, Captain Kirk, hey, so-and-so is acting out. We got to do something. And so we had warned Captain Kirk, like, control holds don't work on this particular inmate. She's very flexible. She's big and she's flabby, but she can move her joints like you've never seen, like Stretch Armstrong. Officer Melissa and Captain Kirk go into the section because they're going to show this girl where the bear shits. <laughs> so they, and now I'm staying in the control room because I'm already gagging at the stink. And I'm in the control room and I can smell it. Oh. So, I mean, my face has been in a lot of places, okay? I am a gay Florida man. And so you can imagine I'm used to a lot of bad smells. That made me fucking gag, J.D. Ew. <laughs> so anyways, they go into the, the, <laughs> into the section they go hands-on with this girl. She becomes passively non-compliant and drops to the floor. And they're both on the floor with this bitch, rolling around. And they're both just making full body contact with this girl, trying to get a control hold. And I'm in the control room. And I, I wish I'd had popcorn as I was watching this. Ew. Because... <laughs> I'm just like, they are fucking losing this battle. This is really sad. They finally like, this This bitch is getting the best of Captain Kirk. And I'm oh, loving it because the guy's so arrogant. And we tried to reason with him. Don't do it. Don't do it. I'll show her. She's not going to outdo me. And he marches in there. And this bitch owned him. And so they're rolling around and stuff. And they finally get this girl in cuffs. They finally get her moved out, going back to the infirmary. They both come to the control room hot and sweaty and smelling like this girl's pussy. And oh. they come <laughs> in the control room. And I am just like, stay away. You both stink. <laughs> <laughs> stay away from me. Okay. Because you guys are both making me gag. You smell like her snatch. Oh. <laughs> But that is the that is the magic of the prison. That is the magic of making it fun. It's not for everybody, but if you ever decide to go work in a prison, make it fun. Laugh every day. Yeah, you have to. You have to. Don't bring your job home and don't bring your home to the job. Yeah. But but have fun. Work yeah. in work in hell and make it fun. We did it. We High did. five. High five, JD. Yes, high five to you. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, this wraps up our episode about working in hell and making it fun. Episode nine. I end today's session with the same thing I'm going to tell you every week. Be good. And if you can't be good, be good at it. And if you're sitting in fucking prison, you're not good at it. <laughs> Thank you so much, JD. Thanks, Mark, for having me. It's been so fun. I hope you'll come back, and I hope we'll do it again. I can't wait. I can't wait either. <laughs> okay. Good night, everybody. Goodbye. Bye.